And good evening. It is 7.08 here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and Global News Radio 980 CFPL in London. It is the Employment Hour, and uh, this is not John Scholes. He's usually in this chair. He is off in, uh, elsewhere. Uh, Ryan Bonner here with you, but I am joined, of course, by Lior Samfewer, employment lawyer with Samfewer to mark an LLP. And the numbers to call this evening, we are live. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, long distance, if you're listening uh, west of Toronto, 1-855-225-TALK, that's 8255. Uh, if you have any questions here, now's your chance to ask them. Uh, you're looking at a uh, an exit agreement, so you've been fired or terminated, and you're wondering if that severance offer, is it enough? Maybe you weren't offered severance, and this is your chance to ask Lior Sanfuer any questions you have uh, about anything related to the workplace. That's why we have him here Mondays and Wednesdays night, uh, Wednesday nights. And you can also find him on TV, Global TV, every Saturday morning at 10 a.m., the Employment Hour in 30, and uh, more information about that, employmenthourtv.ca. So as we wait for some calls to come in, Lior, uh, as I understand it, every show you do the week that was and talk about what's happened at the law firm. Thank you, Ryan. A pleasure to be here with you. You do have uh, some big shoes to fill today, yes. and I mean that literally. John wears like a size 13 shoes. He's a giant. Uh, yeah, yeah, he is a giant. But but great to be here with you, and great to be uh, give, give, uh, given another opportunity to inform and educate our listeners about employment law and workplace rights. So give us a call if you want to know something about your work situation. If you're not sure if something that's happened at work is kosher, if it's right, maybe your boss did or said something. Maybe you're worried about losing your job or you just lost it. Call us. Let's talk about it. Let's make sure you know what you're agreeing to, that you know what your rights are. You know, that's what I do every day. I'm only here on the radio uh, once a week uh, and twice a week and, and, and on TV as well, but I'm, most of my time I'm in my office. And to get us started and revved up, John, uh, uh, Ryan, sorry, i got to get used to, to Ryan. Hey, that was your fault. <laughs> that was my fault. Well, let me tell you about a situation that came across my desk. Spoke with a lady actually earlier today, Ryan. Uh, she had worked for a company in a, in a sales position, a senior sales position, for just over two months, about two and a half months. After two and a half months, she gets a letter from her employer saying, uh, just like many other companies, we also have a three-month probationary period. Mm. And because of that, after evaluating you, we feel that you didn't meet the requirements over that probationary period, so we're going to let you go. Uh, so long, farewell. No severance, no anything. And uh, she called me, and she wanted to know if that was right. Well, I wanted to know if she had an employment agreement that addressed the issue of probationary period. Well, Ryan, she didn't. So what does this mean? This company was wrong. There is no such thing as automatic probation. Probation or a probationary period has to be created by an employment agreement. And if your employment agreement doesn't say you're on probation, you are not. And so there's no such thing as automatic or standard or every company nonsense. It doesn't work that way. Now, why is that important? Because this lady, even after two and a half months of employment, she was 57 years old, she was out about two months of severance. So that's the difference, the difference between getting nothing if she really was on probation and getting two months pay. So I want our listeners to understand that you are not on probation unless you sign an employment agreement that specifically says so. And even then, you can't really be on probation for longer than three months. So if you lost your job, if you think you're on probation, you're not sure, give me a call. Let's talk about it. Well, I mean, there's the, the age-old saying, when you assume, you make an expletive out of you and me, right? So you can't assume that uh, you're under probation if, if uh, you have to make sure that, that it's in an agreement, if there is an agreement. 
Yeah, and if there's no agreement, you're not on probation. A lot of companies assume that it's automatic. Even yeah. companies assume that. It's not automatic, uh, and a lot of people believe that just because they work for a short period of time, they don't get severance or they get little severance. Not the case. In fact, Ryan, the opposite is true. Well, this uh, situation sounds familiar to you. You can give Lior a call anytime, 1-855-821-5900, or email Lior. It's help at employmenthour.com. And in a moment, Lior, we're going to talk about worst times for an employer to terminate employment. But of course, uh, phone calls take precedence here on the Employment Hour, and we'll get to our first call the night. It's Nick, and what's your question for Lior, Nick? Hey, Lior, how you doing? I'm doing great, Nick. Thanks for calling. Oh, thanks. Um, thanks for taking my call. Um, my mom, she's been telling me about um, her job closing down for a long time now, and um, today they got the note saying, you know, they're going to get one week for every year she's been there, and she's been there six years, but from what, I, from what she told me, this company is filed for bankruptcy protection, so I just want to know, like, if the company being in that position changes the amount of time she's owed and how much time she's really owed. Wow. More than six weeks, right? Yeah. Now, what kind of job, Nick? What does your mom do? Um, it's labor. It's okay, labor. so so the problem is this. She certainly would be owed a lot more than six weeks. It could be six months. It could be eight months. Somewhere in that range uh, of pay. The problem, Nick, is if the company is under bankruptcy protection, essentially the company has this protective dome around it, which means they can essentially do what they you need to do and what they want to do, and there's no way to, to attack them or, and get... Uh, what you want from them. It's kind of like what happened with Sears recently. So the problem is not what she's owed. The problem is that there's really no ability to get her that money. So the, the best advice I can I can give is uh, let's see if they come out of this. Uh, if they do come out of it and, and either the business is sold, they, they somehow manage to restructure and survive, there may be something that can be done. Uh, in most cases, when there's a bankruptcy situation, that's kind of the, the kiss of death, so to speak. There's not much that can be done in that situation, Nick. Okay. Thank you so much for letting me know, man. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Nick. Unfortunate uh, news there. And, and Nick, um, uh, if you want to call Lior, it's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 855 If your mom's, uh, the scenario changes, as Lior suggested, and uh, help at employmenthour.com. Lior, you've actually uh, been pushing some members of parliament to change uh, bankruptcy protection to favor employees in these situations. Yeah, especially in light of what happened with Sears recently, I was uh, trying to convince, and I've spoken with some members of parliament saying that some protection have to be afforded to employees, either with respect to their severance or with respect to pensions. They can't be the losers in a bankruptcy situation. Uh, working on it so far, uh, the government is doing its own thing, uh, but maybe one day, uh, as we like to call it, Lior's Law will come into effect. We'll keep our eye on that. Uh, 416-870-6400 talk if you want to get your questions in here live on the Employment Hour. Jerry in Hamilton, what's your question? I just wanted to uh, talk to the OR in regards to uh, his opinions on enforceability of non-compete and non-solicitation clauses. Yeah. Um, I'll give you my, my example right now that I'm dealing with. I uh, about a year and four months working for an Alberta-based company representing them here, their product lines here in Ontario as a technical sales rep. November 1st, we were acquired by a BC uh, headquartered company. Uh, I attended the uh, signing and uh, official uh, press release on November 1st. November 2nd, we met uh, with the HR manager, and that's when we received our new employment agreements to stay on. Um, they introduced these non-compete, non-solicitation clauses and new agreements that didn't exist in our previous. So I'm wondering how enforceable these non-compete, non-solicitation clauses may be. 
So uh, that's a great question. So there's a distinction, uh, uh, Jerry, between non-compete and non-solicitation clause. A non-compete clause effectively says you can't go work for a competitor that does what we do for a period of time, six months, a year, two years, whatever it is. Yeah. Generally speaking, the courts have said we don't like non-compete clauses. We don't like things that prevent people from earning a living. So because of that, most non-compete clauses are not enforceable. Generally speaking, they're only enforceable for people in an extremely senior position, people where if they went to work for a competitor, it would be disastrous for their former employer. So for most people, it's not enforceable. But that's not the real question, Jerry. The real question is not so much, is it enforceable? The question is, will your former employer or your current employer try to enforce it? Because if your employer tries to enforce it, guess what they're going to do? They're going to take legal action against you, potentially your new company, uh, and they're going to make your life miserable. And you know what? Three years and uh, $50,000 in legal fees later, you're going to win. But that's going to be a fairly hollow victory. So because of that, you always, always have to take non-competition clauses very carefully. You have to take them seriously and, and be careful about it. Now, with respect to non-solicitation clauses, these are clauses that say that if you leave or if we let you go, you can't go after our customers. Those generally are enforceable, as long as they're not ridiculous for like, you know, five years, as long as they're for a year, maybe 18 months or two years, generally they are enforceable. Uh, but the reality is that if you're made to sign an agreement with a non-competition clause or non-solicitation clause, there may be something else in that document that is problematic. Maybe there's a termination clause, something that reduces your former or your, your future severance. So I'm happy to look at that for you, Jerry, if you'd like. But the reality is you have to be very, very careful with non-competition, non-solicitation. You can't just ignore them. Uh, and if you do, you may be uh, in some, uh, some legal uh, hot water. I appreciate the call there, Jerry, and the number to call Lior at is 1-855-821-5900 or help at employmenthour.com. People, you really do have to check out that uh, that employment agreement, don't you? When, when you're hired or if you're offered one halfway you know, through your career at a, at a business, because the employers will try to sneak a, a quite a few things in there. Right, and most people, when they get an employment agreement, obviously it's a happy occasion, and people are going to look at certain things. They're going to look at what my salary is, how much vacation do I get, yeah. uh, what's my title, and that's, that's what people focus on, and that's understandable. I understand why people would look at that, but there's other things in an employment agreement that you may not think to look for, and they could be there and it could be problematic. For example, there could be a term that allows the company to change your compensation unilaterally or to demote you or something that, as I said to the previous caller, that reduces your future severance. That could cost you tens of thousands of dollars. So it's an extremely important document to review carefully. If you're not sure what something says, give me a call. I can interpret that to you in, in, in simple English. But you can't just sign off on a document just because the salary is right. There has to be more to it than that. You mentioned the word severance, Lior. In a couple of minutes, we'll talk about the severance pay calculator, the tool that uh, I think to date, it's nearing 450,000 individuals since it was created four years ago. They've used it successfully, and they've discovered, uh, in many cases, how much they're actually owed in severance. And it's, it's a far cry from what their employers offer them upon termination. So we'll talk about that, how they can use it. But we're still getting to your calls first and foremost here on the Employment Hour, 416-870-62400 and long distance one triple eight two two five talk And uh, we'll say hi to Brian. How are you this evening, Brian? Good. How are you guys doing? Not too bad. What's your question? Um, based on my situation, I believe I'm in a spot where I can push more towards constructive dismissal. 
Um, very quick backstory. Three weeks ago, my boss came to me and said, doesn't want me any part of the department anymore. Uh, today actually came to me with one viable option within the company, and it's nothing anywhere close to what I'm doing now. So I, I think I'm in a constructive dismissal part, but I guess more my question is, is how long do I have to act on this before I can no longer take that route? Excellent question, and a very important one, Brian. So first of all, the first thing I would want you to do is I would want you to email your boss as soon as possible and, and saying, number one, confirm that you told me three weeks ago that you don't want me to be part of the department, and then confirm that you offered me this other different job today. The reason why I say that is because you don't want it to be a he said, she said situation down the road when they say, well, what are you talking about? We, we never said that to you. We, we said we love you. So, so you want to have that in writing, something confirming that. Now, in okay. terms of timelines, uh, once they've implemented a change, once they've said, well, we don't care what you want, Brian, we're putting you in this position, in position X. Once they've actually done that, you have a short window, probably a couple of weeks uh, before, uh, if you don't do it, you're considered to have accepted it. It sounds like at this point, because they're talking about changing your job, but they haven't actually done anything, you may not be yet today in the constructive dismissal situation, but that can change very, very quickly. Uh, am I right that they haven't yet changed your job? Um, to be frank, they've actually hired someone to replace me, and I've already spoken with the manager who would potentially oh, take me on. Wow. It, it's, okay. pretty, it's pretty much in a constructive dismissal okay. position. Well, then, then it's really you're, you're, up to me at yeah. this point whether I take this other job or find something else. Now, how long have you worked there for, Brian? Over 15 years. 15 years. And what kind of a job, generally? Uh, counting. Counting. Okay. And how old are you, Brian? Uh, just turned 40 in October. Okay. So someone in your situation, anywhere from 12 to 14 months pay is what, what's at stake for you in terms of a constructive dismissal. So you sounds like you still have time if you want to consider it because they haven't formally uh, changed your job yet. But, but if they've already hired your replacement, yes, you're probably in a position to treat that as a constructive dismissal now if you wanted to. You have some time. Uh, but if, if you said you've had enough and it's kind of embarrassing to go to work maybe because your replacement is being hired, he's already uh, known to people that he's being hired, uh, 12 to 14 months is what's at stake. Give me a call. Let's talk about that before you quit, okay? Very important. I'd be happy to help you. And Brian, that number is one 821 5900 You can also email Lior if you'd like a help at employmenthour.com. But yeah, very important to follow up on, on your rights. And that's basically what we're here doing on the Employment Hour is discussing your workplace rights. And we are live. If you have a question for Lior, the number to call is 416-870-6400. Long distance, it's one 225 talk uh, When we come back from the break, Lior, we'll talk about the severance pay calculator, of course. Uh, the worst times for an employer to terminate your employment. And as always, your call calls first here on the employment hour it's global news radio 640 toronto and global news radio 980 cfpl in london that's right it is the employment hour and it's 725 here we are live on uh, this monday evening global news radio 640 toronto hey london uh, we're out there in global news radio 980 cfpl as well we are getting to your calls here for Leo.
Dior Sanfu, the employment lawyer. Uh, I'm Ryan Bonner filling in for John Scholes, but your calls at 416 870 6400 and long distance 1 225 8255. You can always call Lior at 1 855 821 You want to shoot him an email? Hey, we're, we live in that age. Uh, everything's digital. Help at employmenthour.com. And don't forget, you can see Lior. Uh, he is on television. It's Employment Hour in 30, and it's 10 a.m. every Saturday on Global TV. Lior, I don't know when you find time to sleep. Sleep is for the week. Uh, week. You can sleep when you're dead. Uh, But if you have any questions about your employment, you've been terminated, you're wondering, how much severance am I owed? Maybe you're not happy with your current employment lawyer. Who knows? Any question you have, you can throw it Leor's way, and we'll get to your call. Steve in Toronto, thanks for hanging on. What's your question? Yes, thanks, gentlemen, for taking my call. I have a family member who is currently employed and is applying for another position, and the future employer has asked for a T4 slip to confirm earnings current earnings is this i don't know if this is a legal matter or whether it's just a best practice have you, have you come across this in your in your practice yeah i've seen it uh, once or twice it is extremely rare in my experience for an employer to to go to the extent of asking for a t4 to confirm earnings it, it's not a legal matter per se there's nothing illegal about asking uh, for this your your uh, friend obviously doesn't have to provide that but the company may decide to not make a job offer at, at that point so, yeah, uh, it, it's something I would advise employers against it. I just think it's a bit too much, uh, and it kind of leaves a, a bad taste, but not illegal per se, if you know what I mean. It's like a double-edged sword. If you, if you refuse, then it's like, what are you trying to hide? But then if they ask, well, you don't trust me? Like it's, That's how I... I agree completely, which is exactly what I would tell employers not to do that. But again, if they do it, there's not that there's no law necessarily that says you're not allowed to. So you know, it's really up to your your family member there to decide how to, how they want to deal with it. It's not illegal. All right, there you go, Steve, and appreciate the call. Hope that helps. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, and the email to get Leor at is help at employmenthour dot com. Uh, Andrew, what's your question for Leor? Hi, good day. How are you doing? Pretty good. What, what do you have? Um, I have a family member that works at a bank, a uh, call center manager, um, and she's, uh, she's asked a lot to work, a lot of extra hours, overtime hours, that um, she's not paid for. However, um, from everything we've seen on the labor board, uh, as a manager, uh, from what I've seen is that you fall under a category where they don't have to pay you, and that's, the, that's what they're claiming. Um, as a manager, they don't have to pay you for overtime, even over 44 hours. Is that correct or not? Yeah, generally speaking, uh, managers are exempt from overtime. There's a number of exemptions, and and one of them is for for managers. So managers generally do not get paid overtime unless there's an employment agreement that requires the company specifically to pay overtime in that situation. Now, one of the things that your friend may have uh, the ability to do is if she didn't used to work overtime and all of a sudden now her employer comes to her and says, now we need you to work all this extra overtime – that may represent a change to the terms of employment, which means potentially your friend can treat that as a constructive dismissal. Now, if it's one of those things that's always been happening, it just continues to happen and your friend is not happy, well, that may not be anything that can be done. But if it's a brand new thing, they've now started pushing your friend to work overtime and it's a big deal, she's working a lot more hours than she wants and what she's used to, she may be able to treat that as a constructive dismissal. If that's something that's happened and she wants to discuss that, have her give me a call, but time here is important. If she does this for too long, she's going to consider to be considered to have accepted it. So have her give me a call. Okay, cool. 
Perfect. Thank you. All right. Thanks for the call and the number. You can reach Lior at is 1-855-821-5900 or help at employmenthour.com. Uh, Lior, before we jump back to some more calls here, just quickly, um, I, I get the feeling a lot of people take too long to uh, to raise a red flag about some of these changes uh, to their jobs, their terms of employment, and then they'll contact you, you know, a year or two down the road and say, hey, this happened to me. What can I do about it? And, and unfortunately, it's too late at that point. It is. And a lot of times when a change through the terms of employment happens, the individual wants to be the, the good soldier, as yeah. I call it. You know, I'll take one for the team, so to speak. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'll take it and I'll continue working. And they realize later that they've made a mistake. It's it's not the terms that they want. The job that they've agreed to is a bad job. And, and maybe the compensation is not as good. And now they say, well, now I know that I shouldn't have accepted it. Can I do something about it? In most situations, Ryan, once you've accepted change to the terms of employment, you're stuck with that. That becomes the new norm, and you may not be able to do anything about it. You do have a bit of a window to try it out, to try a change, whether it's a change in compensation, a change to your job. But that window is measured in weeks, not in months. So you have a very small time to try that out. That's why... If you're, you're faced to change, with the change of the terms of employment, you want to get advice as soon as possible. Uh, I've had a lot of people contact me every week, in fact, when the change happened a few months ago and they realized it was a really bad change. And I have to tell them that now you're stuck and there's nothing you can do. Well, when one of the biggest changes to the terms of your employment happens, and that is you're, you're terminated, uh, you can always check out severancepaycalculator.com to find out how much severance you're actually owed and not that minimum that uh, maybe the Ministry of Labor might suggest to you. Uh, but we can talk about that in a moment. More calls coming here, 416-870-6400 or one 225 talk here Joe, what's your question for Leo Sanfiro on the Employment Hour? Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for taking the call. Not a problem. Um, okay, I, I work in a retail store, and I'm a department manager. Uh, but I, I, I have friends in the same type of retail. They're managers at other places, and they're like, if you ever need, uh, you know, a part-time extra work, uh, we're willing to hire you. The only problem that I'm worried about, is it considered like uh, a competing... Like, is it a, um, how would you say, like, um, uh, am I... Are they allowed work- to do that? Yeah, like, yeah. am I, can I be, like, terminated for working for, like, um, uh, another company that does the same thing, or even though if I'm in a lower position, like, just, uh, you know, trying to make a little extra I think it's money. moonlighting, is is that not the term? Yeah, like, yeah. same type of business, but just another company, because right now I, I work as salary, so pretty much whatever I make, I make. Just for, you know, a couple extra hours a week right. to make something extra. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. So, And a lot of people may find that, you know, they want to make some, some extra money, they have some extra time, they have an opportunity. The problem is this. Generally speaking, when you work for a company, you're expected to act in that company's best interest. And uh, because of that, if you're also providing your services to a competitor, essentially helping the competitor, if you know what I mean, then the, the, the first company that you work for is probably going to have some problems with that. And yeah, that could be cause for discipline, potentially even a termination. So generally speaking, I wouldn't recommend that at all. What I would suggest is uh, if you want to try, talk to your current employer and say, listen, I'm not going to steal any customers. I'm just going to go and do whatever it is that I need to do at that position or a few hours a week. Do you really care? If they're reasonable, they may say, no, we don't care, go for it, uh, and and that's fine. So be open and frank about it. But if you're just going to do it and if they find out, you may uh, put yourself in a situation where you you could have some problems with your employer. I wouldn't recommend doing that without speaking with with the current company that you work for. 
Okay, thanks. All right, Joe. And if you do find yourself in that situation, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred or help at employmenthour.com. Now, Lior, what if he approaches his boss and you know poses that question? Hey, I, I'm interested in doing that, and they say no, and then they fire him immediately for even considering that option. I'm guessing that wouldn't be cause for dismissal. Exactly, Ryan. That would not even be close to being cause. They would owe him his full severance. Uh, so that's not misconduct. Talking to your employer is not something you can be punished for, like a termination for cause so he should be able to speak to his employer and I'd be very surprised if they try to do something as silly as saying that by him thinking about it it's cause and certainly if that's what happens yeah he can call me and we can definitely take care of that yeah, you'd hope it wouldn't happen but <laughs> you I never know you, yeah I mean uh, you come across situations where employers can do some pretty uh, pretty puzzling things uh, we're continuing to take your calls here it's the employment hour Ryan Bonner with you as is Lior Samfiru employment lawyer with Samfiru Tamarkin LLP give us a call here live 416-870-6400 Anna what's your uh, question for Lior Yes, just to um, ask you for your opinion. I've been working for a company uh, approximately 20 years in the office doing secretarial work. Uh, They've now given me a letter that they're going to take me off salary and put me on an hourly rate. And then there was a clause of termination without cause and no severance pay. I would not sign this. I have, um, I'm inquiring with legal action anyway, but I wanted your opinion. And also now they've given me an amendment letter saying that they have the right to alter my hourly work. Mm. And now I don't want to sign that either. Of course. So am I correct that they wanted you to sign a new employment agreement that provides for all these different changes? Right. So, So you absolutely positively did the right thing. Uh, I do see that often when a company wants an existing employee to sign an agreement. If you had it signed that you would have given up so many of your rights, they could have changed your job, your compensation, let you go with uh, pennies on the dollar in terms of severance. So so you, you absolutely can say no and they can't make you. Now, if they decide to change the terms of your, your employment anyway, so if they say, well, we're now going to take you from salary to hourly, we don't care what you signed or didn't sign, we're just going to do it then you could treat that as a constructive dismissal absolutely. That is a huge change to go from salary to hourly. And after all your years of employment, you said 20 or so years, you could easily be looking at 18, 20, even 24 months of severance. So so those are your options, but you're absolutely right. You cannot, should not, under any circumstances, sign that document. That would have been a horrible result. Uh, They can't make you, and if they change the terms of employment, Anna, you have to give me a call. And Anna, that number, a very important one, so uh, you can write this down. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 821 On email, it's help at employmenthour.com. Now, Lior, uh, before we jump, jump to some more calls, going back to the employment agreement, if you are offered an employment new agreement um, and you've been working there for a couple of years already, I listen to the show quite often with you and John, and I know you always say, John, you're, le- you're learning. <laughs> so I'm going to prove that I'm learning here when I, as I listen to you. Um, they, does the employer not have to offer you something in order to get you to sign that contract, or how does that work? Well, first of all, if your employer comes to you and asks you to, asks you to sign an employment agreement, Run. be afraid. <laughs> yeah. be, be very afraid. They're not going to come to ask you to sign an agreement to provide you for better terms than what you've had. It's just not going to happen. Okay, It's going to be... There's going to be things in that agreement, I promise you, that are going to be very unfavorable to you, the employee. But beyond that, from a strictly uh, legal standpoint, mm-hmm. 
for an, an employment agreement to be enforceable if it's signed after the employee starts working, yeah. the employer does have to offer the employee something in return, something that they wouldn't otherwise have, whether it's a signing bonus or a pay raise or extra vacation, something in return that they wouldn't otherwise have. Otherwise, arguably, that agreement is unenforceable. That said, I always say never sign an employment agreement under the basis that you think it's unenforceable. Always assume that it is enforceable. And if you can't live with it, don't sign it and give me a call. And the number again, 1-855-821-5900. And uh, I'll have to remind uh, our listeners that they want to see you, Lior. It's Employment Hour and 30, our uh, new TV show. It's Saturdays at 10 a.m. on Global Television. It's a half-hour program, a, gr- a great program, a lot of uh, insight and advice, much like you'll find here on the radio show. If you want more information, employmenthourtv.ca. But uh, we are live here right now, Global News Radio 640 Toronto, Global News Radio 980 CFPL, and the numbers 416-870-6400 and one 225 talk Renata, what's your uh, question for Lior? Hi, yeah, thanks for taking my call. Not a problem. Um, I just had some questions. I just started a new job that has on-call responsibilities, and I'm just wondering about the compensation for that because I know the new laws came out, started addressing a little bit of that. Um, so can you clarify what the compensation is for a full-time uh, on-call responsibility? Right. So essentially uh, the way it works, uh, Renata, is you need to get paid at least minimum wage while you're uh, on call. Uh, so whereas in the past you wouldn't have to get paid uh, the same, uh, right now the laws were changed by the uh, provincial government. Uh, to make sure that you you get paid at least minimum wage and minimum wage whether it's 14 it's going to change to 15 uh, in the near future so you, you get that paid for for a minimum of at least three hours while you're on call so and if your employer doesn't if your employer uh, refuses to pay you what is supposed to that's something you actually go to the ministry of labor for they can uh, come at, to, at your employer and explain their obligations a lot of employers may be confused with the on-call because it's a new thing so, uh, yes, you have to get paid minimum wage while you're on call. I appreciate the uh, phone call, Renata. And the number to call Lior is one 821 5900 And it's important, uh, Lior, to note that there are certain things you call the Ministry of Labor for and certain things you, you really shouldn't call them for. Yeah, and, and to, to summarize that idea, it is okay to call the Ministry of Labor for most everything other than <laughs> termination situations whether it's a uh, a wrongful dismissal, a layoff, temporary layoff, constructive dismissal, Ministry of Labor cannot help anyone with those situations. Uh, And in fact, by going to the Ministry of Labor, you could be giving up most of your rights. Now, Ministry of Labor can help with overtime issues, hours of work, vacation pay, statutory holiday pay. Absolutely, yes. And I I do encourage people to do that. But now when it comes to losing your job, I cannot. For that, you have to get uh, a lawyer involved, whether it's me or you don't like me, someone else. But you have to speak with an employment lawyer. You can't go to the Ministry of Labor. And your calls, we are taking them live here tonight on the Employment Hour. The phone number is one of one four one six eight seven zero six two four hundred one triple eight two two five. Talk there is the one I knew it was somewhere lurking in there in the numbers. Uh, Omar, what's your question for Lior? I, I have noticed uh, many times when I listen to the uh, program, uh, none of the callers have asked. Maybe I wasn't there when they asked, but my question is, are you able to help people who uh, the employers uh, also have a, they come from a union environment as well? 
Great question, Omar, and, and one, one we have addressed on the show, but it's an extremely important one, and I'm glad that you called with it. So here's how that works. When you're part of a union, the only one that can help you, the only one that can represent you is the union. There are no exceptions to that, uh, and there's no other options. And, and oftentimes people will call me and say, well, the union's not doing a very good job. The union is just not helping me the way that, it, that, that I want it to. Whether that's true or not, there's really no other options. You can't say, well, the union's not helping me, so I'm going to go to Lior and have Lior help me. It has to be the union. The only recourse that could be available is if the union is not doing a job that it's supposed to, is you can file a complaint against the union with the labor board. That rarely, rarely works. So no, unfortunately, an employment lawyer, any employment lawyer, cannot help a unionized employee. It has to be the union. And that must be gut-wrenching for you, Lior, because uh, Omar, and I appreciate your call, Omar, and the number to call Lior anytime is 1-855-821-5900 or help at employmenthour.com. But Omar's isn't the first time you've been asked that, hey, Lior, this is my situation. Can you help me? And then your first question uh, is usually, are you unionized? And when it is yes, then uh, there's nothing you can really do. Yeah, right. Not only on, only on the show, I get calls at the office. I get yeah. emails at the office daily uh, from people wanting my help and, and when they're part of a union. And some of them think that I'm, I'm not being very nice saying that I can't help. <laughs> Unfortunately, as much as I'd like to help, I can't. Not because I don't want to, not because I don't know how. It's because the law says that the union is the only one that can help you. There's no exceptions. So that is unfortunate. And who knows, maybe one day that will change. But until that changes, uh, no one can help a unionized employee except the union. And as we uh, wait for a few more calls to come in here, I see them lighting up the boards now, 416-870-6400 or one 225 talk That's one 225 Lior, the severance pay calculator. Talk about this manna from heaven. What is it? <laughs> the manna from heaven. Yes, from heaven. Yes. Well, that's going to be the new tagline, severance calculator, manna okay. from heaven. <laughs> well, I created the severance calculator, Ryan, as you know, uh, just over uh, four years ago, uh, and I created it to help people find out and understand how much severance they're if they lost your job. Losing your job is such a traumatic experience and it's such a sensitive time because now you still have to pay your bills, uh, you have to pay all your financial obligations, but you don't have a salary coming in. So that's why that severance is so important. It's supposed to carry you from the day you find you, you lost your job until the day you find another job. So severancepaycalculator.com is the place you go to. Again, severancepaycalculator.com. You go to find out how much that amount actually is. You answer three simple questions. It takes minutes, literally, uh, or I should say seconds it takes, and you find out how much severance you are owed. About 450,000 people have used it. Wow. It's free. It's easy to use. It's anonymous. You don't have to put in your name or the company's name. Make it the first place you go to if you lost your job. And I promise you, in 90% of cases, when you're looking at that severance letter because you just lost your job, that amount that the company is offering you is a lot less than what it should be. And because the company is counting on the fact that you won't know the difference. SeverancePayCalculator.com. Uh, prove them wrong. And uh, there is the mobile version. So if you aren't, you know, unfortunately, if you're terminated, you're sitting in, in that small room, they probably shove you into and you're facing two or three people in front of you and they slide that offer uh, across the table to you. You can just pull your phone out and, and, and download or p- open the app and, and calculate and then you can flip them the phone and show them yeah. how much you're actually owed. And you know what? I've had people actually do that successfully, believe it or not. And by the way, if you want to, there's a green button there on the calculator. You can click on to contact me if you want to. You don't have to. Uh, And I can help you get what you're owed. 
but you always have to make severancepaycalculator.com the first place you go to if you lost your job. And uh, if you don't hit that green button, you can always call your 1-855-821-5900 or help at employmenthour.com. Back to the phones we go. Terry in Brampton, what's your question tonight, Terry? Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Not a problem. Uh, My question is I've been working uh, for the same company for about 10 years. And I guess over the last couple of years, my job duties have changed. Like I started off in receiving now, like to fill time and absence. I'm going back to like shipping to help them out. Like, do I have any legal right to like, that's not what I was hired for. So when were those changes made, Terry? About, about two years slowly. Like it was, if shipping was like slow that night, they would send us over. Like I'm, I'm a fork truck driver right. and they sent us over to pack, and that's not that's not what I signed up to work for. Is pack boxes? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I do. I know exactly what you're saying. And the but thing is, this: if you had contacted me when they first started doing this and changing your job, I would say no. They absolutely don't have a right to do that, Terry, because you're not a a shipping and receiving guy. So so they can't make you do that. The problem is because they've been doing that, and you've been doing that now for a while. It's now become almost the terms of your employment. It now became the new norm. So because of that, and I was talking about that earlier, because you've been doing it for a while, you actually may find yourself stuck in this situation, even though that's not what you signed up for. That's why it's so important to to do something as soon as the changes happen. Uh, I would tell your employer. What's that? Sorry. Without signing anything, like I didn't sign up. Like I I didn't agree to these new terms, but I've express my differences, you know what I'm saying? And they I say do. Bad, but you know, unfortunately, there's, continuing, there's continuing to work when a change happens is, is almost the same as saying I agree. So talk to them, tell them to see if they'll agree to change it. But because it's been, you said, a couple of years now, you're going to find yourself stuck in that situation. That's why I want our listeners to know that if your employer starts changing the terms of employment, you have to do something about it right away. And if you let them do it one time, you may find out that you've let you've given them the right to do it again and again. Once you open that door a crack, the, the employer can kick the door open completely, and that could be a huge problem. And it's so it's so easy nowadays to discover your your workplace rights with the internet, the shows you do on TV, Employment Hour, and Thirty, and this radio show, Lior. It's it, and it's easy to contact you, help at employmenthour.com to find out what their le- legal rights are. Absolutely. So that's why we're here. Uh, and, and I hope that people listen and learn. And of course, you may find that your question was not answered on the show. Mm-hmm. So give me a call. We make it very easy to, to get answers. And that number to call is an easy one. 1-855-821-5900. Or the email again is help at employmenthour.com. Listen to Lior Sanfuer. Listen, you can watch him too. It's the Employment Hour in 30, Saturdays at 10 a.m. on global television. EmploymentHourTV.ca is the website. And the number, once more, 1-855-821-5900. We'll talk to you all again Wednesday night at 7 p.m.